Good morning and welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Tuesday the 31st of January. My name is John T. Warris. I'm one of the investment writers at Julius Baer and coming up on today's show we'll have an update on the fourth quarter earnings season in the US and we'll hear an update on China following last week's Chinese New Year holiday. But before that I'll start us off with a brief overview of what's been happening in the markets. Making the headlines this morning is news that Brexit is costing the UK economy a staggering £100 billion a year. According to a report by Bloomberg Economics, the cost of Brexit is impacting everything from business investment to the recruitment of workers. Economists at Bloomberg believe that the UK economy is 4% smaller than it might have otherwise been, stating that the UK committed an act of economic self-harm when it voted to leave the European Union back in 2016. The findings contrast starkly with Prime Minister Rishi Sunak's recent assertion that Brexit is a huge opportunity for the UK, allowing the country to harness new freedoms to tackle intergenerational challenges. In other news, China's manufacturing services expanded for the first time in four months in January as the reopening from COVID-0 continued and the Lunar New Year holiday spurred travel and spending. And we'll hear more on China in just a moment from our head of research in Hong Kong. Taking a look at US market movements yesterday, US equities ended lower, finishing near their worst levels for the day. The S&P 500 closed down 1.3% yesterday, with only one of its 11 components, consumer staples, returning a positive contribution. Losses were led in particular by telecom, energy and tech stocks, with the tech-heavy Nasdaq 100 falling by 2.1%. And in fixed income, US Treasuries were slightly weaker with some curve flattening. The two and 10 year spread was wider than 70 basis points with the 10 year at 3.53 and the two year at around 4.23. Over to Asia now, where Asian equities are trading fairly muted this Tuesday morning. The Nikkei is around flat while the Kospi is down 0.5%. Meanwhile, the ASX, the Shanghai and Hang Seng indices are mildly in the green. Taking a brief look at the commodities markets now, Gold finished down yesterday 0.3%. Bitcoin futures were down 2%, slightly pairing the month's strength. And WTI crude is trading at around 77.60 a barrel. Now looking a little steadier after slipping to a three-week low yesterday Monday as traders waited for more clues on Chinese demand, a midweek policy decision from the Federal Reserve, and the latest guidance from OPEC+. In terms of what we can expect for the day ahead, We'll see Eurozone GDP numbers out later this morning, along with France CPI inflation and Italy unemployment data. And this afternoon, we'll see US consumer confidence data too. The earnings season continues in earnest, and companies due to report today include Swedbank, Unicredit, and UBS. And that's all from me for today. And now I'm pleased to welcome Mathieu Racheté, Head of Equity Strategy to the show, who will give us an update on the US earnings season. Good morning, Mathieu. What do you have for us? Good morning, Chanti. Yes, as you mentioned, the earnings season in the US is is in full swing. Uh, While there are still the majority of companies that have not published their numbers yet, we already have the results from roughly 30% um, of the S&P 500 companies. What are the key takeaways so far? Um, What we can say is that corporates have largely met uh, the, the low expectations with 69% of the companies beating um, consensus expectations. This compares to a 10-year average of 73%, so slightly lower, but not by that much. So overall, expectations uh, have been met. The defensive sectors, uh, such as utilities and real estates, are surprising most positively, while the industrials and also communication sector have the lowest uh, beat ratio so far. Um, If you look at the aggregate numbers, 
so far earnings for the SP 500 are coming in 1.5% higher than consensus estimates, driven by all sectors except of industrials, uh, which missed expectations uh, this quarter. The weak spot uh, was once again in guidance, uh, similar to past quarters. So there were 2.5 times more companies guiding down compared to up. If you also look at the earnings transcripts, many executives are pointing towards a weaker macroeconomic environment in the first half of this year, which will then be followed by recovery already in the second half of this year. And this is also reflected in consensus earnings estimates on average analysts are expecting lower earnings and profit margins um, in the first half of 2023, but this being just temporary and then followed by recovery in the second half of the year. If you look now at the full year numbers, um, consensus is now expecting 3% of earnings growth for the S&P 500 this year compared to 2022. What are the risks uh, to that number? We think the biggest risk this time around is, is, is a higher fall in profit margins from record high levels driven by this negative effects of operating leverage. And as you know, um, during the early days of the pandemic, we have experienced a sharp increase in profit margins to new record high levels as sales growth outpaced the increase in the cost base. Now things have started to reverse. So the top line is slowing at a faster pace. Um, and while companies have you know, started to cut costs, Overall, this, this cost-cutting exercise so far only represents 1.7% of revenue for the companies in the S&P 500. So usually costs tend to be stickier than sales in an economic slowdown, which uh, then leads to lower margins. Therefore, we think uh, investors should really focus on companies with high operational efficiency in terms of cutting costs and increasing the free cash flow this year. Um, this week will mark the business week in terms of earnings results with roughly 35% of the S&P 500's market cap expected to report results. Um, next to this avalanche of earnings reports, there will be also a series of crucial central bank meetings from the Fed uh, to also um, this ECB. So needless to say here, this week will not be short of catalysts for equity markets. Thanks for listening. And with that, back to you, Chanti. Thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us, Matthew. Also with us this morning, we have our head of research in Hong Kong, Richard Tang, who provide us with an update on China following last week's Lunar New Year celebrations. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Um, thank you very much for having me today. And, um, you know, the Chinese market uh, had a bit of uh, two tough days after the Chinese New Year, uh, the Hang Seng Index and also the CSI 300 Index uh, has fallen. Uh, so definitely not a very great start uh, of the year of rabbit. And the market had quite a bit of bull bear debate on the arguments of um, the Chinese market. Now, in terms of the more bearish uh, arguments, generally people were referring to the very significant uh, up move uh, over the past three months. The Hang Seng Index has already been up 50%. Uh, valuation is now back to 12 times, which is mid-cycle uh, multiple. So that's uh, indeed as one of the reasons why the market has um, pulled back uh, over the past two days. And of course, uh, Biden administration weighing on some investment ban on Chinese tech companies uh, also contributed to that decline. Uh, but uh, we think that this is going to be profit-taking uh, rather than a start of a downtrend in the Chinese market. Uh, and uh, arguably, we are taking slightly more constructive view uh, in terms 
of our arguments on China. Uh, our more bullish or more constructive arguments in China include, uh, number one, uh, we think that the change from zero COVID to full reopening indeed would lead to strong earnings swing uh, from the second quarter onwards. We all understand the weakness in Q4. We expect a weak Q1, uh, but we think that uh, Q2 onwards uh, would be strong. Uh, second, if we look at the China growth and policy cycles, um, that's going to be fairly different uh, from the rest of the world. So that may give some temporary advantage uh, to this market. And I think more importantly, uh, we do see that the fundamentals have shown some visible improvement. And what do I mean by this? Uh, we're back from the Chinese New Year holidays, and a lot of consumption data during the Chinese New Year has been released. So I'll just read out a few numbers to you. Uh, for example, the passenger trips uh, during the Chinese New Year uh, this year. Chinese New Year was up 51% compared to last Chinese New Year. The movie box revenues uh, for the first four Chinese New Year holidays uh, were up 7% year on year. Uh, and there are also some other satisfactory numbers, including the visitors at the tourist site, uh, uh, um, uh, flight bookings, etc., etc. But probably the only weak link uh, is home sales, uh, where um, the home purchase sentiment in the mainland China is probably still weak. But we think that the big picture is still about the policy. So uh, we do agree that the re reopening optimism is probably well-priced in the market, but we do think that after the current consolidation, the market may be able to resume its rally, largely because of a different driver, which is policy loosening. And uh, as you probably recall, the Central Economic Working Conference last December marked a clear shift in terms of government policies uh, from focusing on reforms, uh, ideology, a political stuff, uh, for example, common prosperity, domestic circulation, uh, to more focusing on now focusing on growth, focusing on markets, uh, focusing on reopening. So this is a welcome change uh, by the government. And we think that this would be uh, supportive to economic recovery. This will be supportive uh, to corporates in China. And for example, the local governments uh, are paying visits uh, to one of the internet giants. Uh, and that basically is a signal that the government trying to send that the regulatory intensity on all these private enterprises uh, would reduce uh, going forward. So uh, we are encouraged by the change in the policy backdrop, uh, and that's the main reason why uh, we think that, um, true, there might be some consolidation. Uh, generally, it takes uh, half a month to a month, uh, judging from history, uh, and think uh, the magnitude of the uh, pullback may be in the range of 10% or so. But after that, we think uh, the Chinese market will be able to resume a rally, and we think um, this rally uh, could last uh, until uh, probably the middle of the, this year uh, at the least. So overall, we are still taking a uh, tactically positive view on China. Uh, we think that the current rally is having a pause, uh, not an end. Uh, and uh, we suggest uh, clients uh, to take advantage uh, of this um, positive momentum uh, in the equity market, whether to trim the losses at a higher level uh, or to chase uh, the market um, as uh, additional bit of returns. With that, I'll just stop here. Thank you. Thank you very much, Richard, for your insights. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for tuning in and please do join us again tomorrow.
Goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Wealth Insights is a podcast series where Julius Bear experts discuss topics from a wealth management perspective. Whether it's starting a business, preparing for retirement, or transferring wealth to the next generation, our experts provide answers to the relevant questions. Available now on all good platforms, search for Wealth Insights on your favourite podcast player.